With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. I hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Gang's not all here. Fritzy took the uh, day off, and it has nothing to do with the Broncos being blown out by 50. <laughs> Maybe partially due to that, but it's a day of atonement, and certainly as Broncos need that, Fritzy uh, taking the day off to observe the high holy day in his religion, so uh, we know he's listening. He's probably not supposed to be, but uh, everybody else is here. Seton's here, Marvin's, Paulie, yours truly. I uh, will describe the NFL as follows. The NFL was drunk this weekend. That's the only way I can explain what happened. Because if you would have said, yeah, the Cardinals are going to rough up the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Miami is going to win by 50. Houston is going to win by 20 in Jacksonville. Sure. This is just one of those weeks. Now, if it extends after a week or two, like Denver. Denver's extended, so we sort of know who the Broncos are. The Bears are bad. We sort of know who they are. There are certain teams, good and bad, that we sort of know who they are. But you might have a one-off here. You know, Dallas goes to Arizona. Arizona should have beaten the Giants the previous week. Josh Dobbs played well. They neutralized Micah Parsons. Okay, it happens. But I don't know if it's a day or a trend, and that's really the important part to take away from those games this weekend. And you have two games coming up tonight. You have the Eagles minus five, the undefeated Buccaneers, undefeated Eagles. You got the Rams getting two against the Bengals. Not sure if Joe Burrow is going to play. We were going to have A.J. McCarron on, former Alabama quarterback. All of a sudden I go, well, what's the excuse that he can't join us? Uh, oh, he got signed by the Bengals, so he won't be able to join us. Because I thought, wait, we're promoting A.J. McCarron's going to be on. And then Fritzy goes, yeah, I don't know the reason. And then we saw the reason. We go, okay, that's good. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of this program. This first hour brought to you by Discover Credit Cards. They do something awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned from trips and restaurants. Check it out for yourself. See terms at discover.com slash match. Say good morning if you're watching on Peacock. Thank you. That's our streaming partner. That's Seton saying good morning to you as well. Those chatting on chat row. And uh, you can dial us up. Operator Tyler standing by. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. 
We'll have a uh, play of the day, poll question, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. He is uh, Mike Golick Jr. He was on the call for Colorado and Oregon. He'll join us coming up a little bit later on. NFL Network's Jason McCourty will join us as well. All right. Let me uh, backtrack. We'll work in reverse order with the NFL. The Vikings now 0-3. I thought that that was the most pivotal game this weekend. And the reason why I say that is if the Chargers had lost, I wonder if the Chargers were going to stay with Brandon Staley. They ended up winning. They probably should have lost. And then the Vikings losing at home. Kirk D. Cousins played well until he didn't. And at the very end, uh, the crowd noise, they said, they couldn't get the right play in, and they ended up losing that game. The Chargers go for it in their own territory. Fourth and one with under two minutes to go. They're up four, and I'm going, even if you get it, I might fire the coach. They got it, or at least they thought they did, and then Minnesota takes over, has a chance to win the game, and should have won the game. Yes, Paul. That's one when you're watching on TV. I, I was trying to figure out, like, Brandon Staley's going for it, fourth and one. I know the Vikings are moving up and down the field, but lessen the odds. Help your defense just a touch. Justin Herbert completed 40 of 47 for 405 and three touchdowns. But they had their chance there. I think the big news, the big headline was what happened with the Miami Dolphins, the first team to score 70 in a game since 1966. And when they were showing the graphic of the teams that have scored 70 in a game, when the other pictures they're showing are in black and white, <laughs> you know it's been a long time. That's never a good sign. No. That's... When's the last time this happened? Uh, let's bring in a black and white photo. Here's, uh, you know, 1951. I'm going, oh, my goodness. Oh, that's bad. Bad, 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 bad. And it's been suggested by a few people that maybe a wheel of punishment could be at stake because next week it's the Bears and the Broncos. <laughs> oh, they're, they're going to play that? that? They're going to play they that They are going to play it. They are going to it. You can't flex out of it where you can flex out of it that you don't have to watch it. But yes, they, they, they do have to play. Bears, Broncos. All right. Mike McDaniel had a chance to go for the all-time scoring record, and the Dolphins head coach had this to say. It felt like chasing points and chasing a record. Uh, that's not what we came to the game to do. Um, that doesn't have a bearing on the overall season outcome, I, I saw it as, uh, you know, in that 10 times out of 10, you, you concede and kneel down in those situations because there was a, there was a attainable record that was cool, but the message that I thought it would send um, wasn't really in line with how, how I view things. Huh? <laughs> I... I have no idea what he said other than let's not chase points there. Then, okay, take a knee. All right. Here's Sean Payton. It didn't go well in the uh, post-game press conference. I know that you said it's embarrassing, but this is kind of an historic game. I'm more. Third time the team has scored 70 points over 70. What's the question? I mean, What's the question? How do you feel about it being I just finished telling you. Historically embarrassing. Next question. <laughs> All right. Oh, just to clarify, it hasn't been done since 1943, Coach. What? What's the question? 
What's the question? I know you said it's embarrassing, it's but a, how does it feel? What's the question? <laughs> Historically embarrassing, yeah. I guess. But how does it make you feel? Here is uh, the Broncos head coach after the loss. In these next two days, we'll have a lot to look at and discuss. Um, again, it's disappointing. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm at a loss for words because I've never been in. I've been on the other side of some games like that. And then every once in a while in this league, you get your butt whipped. But this was more than that. Got humbled. God humbled. Now, what will happen is we'll focus on the Broncos being so bad. Man, we should be focusing on how good the Dolphins are. The Dolphins weren't even at full strength, by the way. They didn't even have Jalen Waddle. They were down two running backs, and they put up 70. Man, that's where not everybody gets on the team playing, it feels like, at this, you know, (laughs) after the game, it's like, no, 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 not you. You got to. You're going to stay and get your own uh, transportation back home. But 50, and it was a year ago today, I believe, that Tua suffered that injury against the Buffalo Bills when he got his head snapped back. And here we are. And yes, he is the leading candidate for MVP. A lot of people looked at that prior to this weekend and said, Tua MVP. If he stays healthy with that offense, he's going to put up incredible numbers. That's always been the big possibility, the big roadblock there. Could he stay healthy? Because they do have the weapons, and Mike McDaniel is a very, very bright offensive-minded guy. Yes, Paul? Two has been sacked one time this season. Yeah. He's been hit, hit four times in yeah. three games. Yeah. That sounds like a stat of the day to me, Marvin. Melissa Etheridge, Kansas City Chiefs fan, stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. So you had a 70-burger put up on the Broncos. You had the Cowboys losing to Arizona. Oh, but Tay-Tay was in Kansas City to see your man, Taylor Swift. That seemed to be the big headline. Oh, my God, Taylor Swift's at a football game. Now, the Swifties are going, wait a minute. Can you explain the rules of football? We're not familiar with them. But Taylor's there. I don't know if she understood football, but she's there to watch Travis Kelsey. And here is Patrick Mahomes talking about Taylor being in the building. He told me at like the last minute, but there's some things with Trav where he kind of just says it, and you're like, you don't know if it's true or not. Uh, he says it so calmly. It was like Friday. He was just like, uh, yeah, I think I think she's coming to the game today, and then just moved about his business. I mean, to the game this weekend, and then moved about his business. So you're kind of like, it's, I guess it's, I guess that just happens. I guess so. Uh, I don't know. It's just Travis. Yeah, yeah. They showed her up in the suite, and everybody was going crazy. It's like, oh my God, Taylor's here. Travis scores a touchdown. Then they end up leaving together. And then uh, Jared Payton, Walter Payton's son, gets a picture video of them leaving. You got a convertible. As Marvin said, it it sounded like, looked like the uh, end of the movie Grease, you know? We go together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it uh, it was a wild scene there. There were a couple things in there that people are going to gloss over. Nobody was asking Patrick Mahomes about his ankle after the game. Right? They ask him three questions, I think, about Taylor Swift. <laughs> I, I mean, come on, guys. We're covering, we're covering a football game here, and all of a sudden, People Magazine unfolded. 
you got to ask about the ankle because that ankle has been an issue here. And he left the game. Uh, one more question about Taylor Swift. No. What's your favorite album? <laughs> and, uh, and I don't need all the highlights or columns with all the Taylor Swift song titles. Okay. Yes, Mark. You don't? No. No. You, so you're not telling teams like the Cowboys to shake it off today, Dan? No. no. <laughs> I'm so hip. Yeah. But you had uh, him ask a lot of questions. Here's another thing. I mean, once again, Taylor Swift was at the game. Justin Fields got his bell rung. First qu- fourth quarter. And he needed to be helped. You know, DJ Moore, his receiver, had to point him in the right direction. He was... He was walking in the wrong direction. He goes to the sidelines. Well, game's a blowout. He got his bell rung. He's not going to play anymore. Well, look who comes back. Justin Fields. There is no way in the world I could believe that he would pass a concussion protocol. I, I, I mean, did they even test him for it? He, he was headed in the wrong direction. I was, I was shocked. And then he's back on the field. He's down 38. What is the upside there? Get a couple more reps under his belt? He's not going to remember it. Like I'm going, oh, my God. Also, I, I mean, there are quite a few things, as there always are. Uh, the officiating in the Ravens and the Colts game, there were a couple of calls late in the game. Now, people will say the following, and they have. Yeah, but you shouldn't. It shouldn't have been that close to begin with. Okay, but get the call right. And I thought there were some questionable calls there. Uh, the Browns look good. Defense looked good. Deshaun Watson looked good. If you're a Titans fan, you gotta be at least having an itchy trigger finger where you go. Is it time to pull the trigger on Ryan Tannehill here? Because that was a less than inspiring performance last night. The Raiders with some questionable clock management towards the end of the game with Josh McDaniel. Do they go for a touchdown? Uh, nope, we're going to kick a field goal. And I'm going, I, I don't understand your math, but I was never good at math. Apparently, Josh isn't either. But that's the NFL, and we haven't touched on everything there. College football, Ohio State beats Notre Dame, Oregon rolls Colorado, Alabama over Ole Miss. And uh, we'll dive into those coming up in a little bit. Also, Deion Sanders, I think, of all the things that he's said so far, and that's the last month or so, and he's been interviewed everywhere, I thought that what he said after getting roughed up by Oregon is really the most pertinent thing that he has said so far. It'll be the uh, second answer that he has, Marvin. I don't say stuff just to say it for a click, you know, contrary to what some may say. But, uh, yeah, I, I keep receipts. Uh but I'm serious. I analyze and I understand what we're up against and what we have and what we need. One thing that I could say honestly and candidly, you better get me right now. This is the worst we're going to be. You better get me right now. Okay. And he's right. Um, I, I've said it before. They surprised everybody with TCU winning at TCU. They beat a bad Nebraska team and they barely beat Colorado State at home. But we got caught up in the parade. Okay. And we're not ready to have the homecoming king crowned. Not yet. Next year. But don't jump off the bandwagon just because they got blown out. 
I said this on Friday. What if they get blown out? Then they got USC coming up next weekend. It's not easy. It's not. These teams are good. You know, Nebraska's not. Colorado State is not. They were competitive. And TCU, that was a big surprise. Give them credit for all of that. They got our attention. Well, now they have our attention. Now we're tuning in. And you tuned in and you saw a far better team in Oregon. You can say they didn't have Travis Hunter. They didn't. It didn't matter. Oregon was a far better team than Colorado. But Ohio State steals a win off Notre Dame. Uh, That was shocking. Because Notre Dame was the better team. But give credit to Ohio State. They hung in there till the very end. And then Clemson loses again. We talked about that last week. What if Clemson loses? All of a sudden, are they a seven, eight win team? That's nice. Not at Clemson, it's not. And that was a game that went back and forth, but give credit to Florida State. Those are games you got to win if you're going to be up there in the top five in the rankings. So we have a lot of college football, pro football to talk about. Two games coming up tonight. Your phone calls are always welcome, especially on Monday, best and worst of the weekend. We'll take a break. We're back after this Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. When those those legends get here, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) You're here. You're here already. No, uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The that's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how <gasps> lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Really, Marvin? Really? Really what? You know I love Taylor Swift. And this is a jam. All right. 
What should I, I have done? What should I have done? I don't know. Feels like everybody's doing this. But we've been, well, hold on. We've been doing this. Well, we've been on the Tay Tay train. I was going to wear my Taylor Swift hoodie, but then I thought, no, I don't want to do that. It'd be, not, it'd be different if we never talked Taylor Swift and now we were playing Taylor Swift and talking fair. about her. Who loves Taylor more, me or Travis Kelsey? Oh, you. Yes, absolutely. I'd probably say you. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. And who does she love more, me or Travis Kelsey? See, you're not quite sure. Because you guys think it, you guys think this is publicity stunt. No, I don't. It's real. Yeah. Paulie and I'm Seton. A, I'm on the fence. Seton, are you on the fence? Well, I mean, I'm not 100% into one camp, but I'm probably a little more 60-40 that, eh, I don't know how legit this is. I don't know. Uh, well, maybe the tiebreaker is Mike Golick Jr., college uh, football analyst and co-host of Golo and Golick on DraftKings Network, and he was in the booth for Colorado and Oregon. What do you make of the Taylor Swift-Travis Kelsey situation? I think these are a couple of kids trying to have fun who might be leaning into the bit a little bit, right? Like mm. we've I've had people looking over the Zapruder film last night and found out Travis is wearing an outfit into the stadium that's from her 1989 collection in here. This announcement comes on the day they announced the Super Bowl halftime show she's been linked to and now is just completely overshadowing it in the media. So there might be a little gamesmanship, but I think they're into each other. Okay. All right. I respect that. Thank you, Mike. That's all we wanted to ask you about. no it's nice to be with a fellow Swifty here Dan I appreciate it all right when did you know it was going to go bad for Colorado on Saturday night or Saturday afternoon honestly I I had suspicions before the season I think they have done so much in surprising people in the first three weeks Dion deserves an overwhelming amount of credit but before the season the headline was when you overturn this much of your roster at a school that's a power five school, but not one of the big time blue bloods. This isn't Lane Kiffin doing this at Ole Miss every year. This isn't Brian Kelly at LSU or Lincoln Riley at USC, where you're going to be able to draw and still maintain some of the depth along the lines of scrimmage. That was one of the areas that was always going to be most difficult for Colorado. And that's what this Oregon program was built around with Mario Cristobal's here and Dan Lanning through now a season and change has done a really good job developing, maintaining. So I had my worries going into this one and they were confirmed within the first couple of drives. This was as lopsided a battle along the offensive and defensive lines of scrimmage as I've ever seen in person at a football game. Any problem with Oregon giving the appearance they were running up the score? No, not at all. And I don't think there's a single player on Colorado's team including Deion Sanders, their coach that would either. I always said as a player, I never cared about those end game politics. If you're bashing our heads in and good enough to go out there and beat us, it's my job to stop you. It's our job to stop you. Deion Sanders at his core is a Bowden guy. He's an old school coach. And so I'm sure that same second sentiment's been echoed. This is about us and about us needing to respond to this. So no, I have zero problem with that. Dan Lanning and company had an opportunity. All the conversation was about Colorado. All the coverage is about Colorado. And this was going to be their entrance, I think, into the national conversation. They announced it with authority. They know what this is. You got to do some politicking in college football in the playoff era. What do you expect this next weekend with Colorado and USC? 
I don't know if there's an amount of points big enough that you could give me. Now, I'll say this. It won't look as ugly on one side, right? Shadur Sanders, I felt terrible for in this game. He was under duress pretty much every drop back, and he came into that game, hit more than any quarterback in college football, sacked more than any quarterback in college football, and that continued as Oregon put up historic numbers in that category. USC's defense, we know, isn't going to put up that same kind of resistance. So I expect Shadur Sanders in this offense, even without Travis Hunter, to be able to move the ball against USC, but on the other side for Caleb Williams and that offense, they're going to continue to be a buzzsaw. It's what they've always been. So this is the reality check, I think, for people that were parachuting in on this that weren't necessarily familiar with the realities around college football because, Dan, as you know, the Pac-12 – probably the deepest conference in terms of competitors in college football this year as we get into October and November. Yeah, my favorite game over the weekend was uh, Oregon State-Washington State. I thought it was so much fun, and I don't know how many people watched it, but I, you know, that was great. The ending of Notre Dame and Ohio State was great. You being a former uh, Notre Dame offensive lineman, uh, Ryan Day calling out uh, Lou Holtz, you know, questioning the physicality of Ohio State. But as I said a couple of times already, Ohio State's physicality has been questioned. When you lose to Alabama, when you lose to Clemson, when you lose back-to-back to Michigan, yes, it should be questioned. Notre Dame, Ohio State came down to what, in your opinion? Uh, one team making the plays, the other didn't. Everyone's going to focus on Notre Dame having 10 players on the field the last two plays of that game, which is inexcusable for the coaching staff, Marcus Freeman, Al Golden, the defensive coordinator, and the veteran players. There's enough old heads on that defense in key spots where somebody should have noticed at some point and didn't, but you look, there were multiple dropped interceptions by DJ Brown, Notre Dame safety. There were multiple fourth and one opportunities with a great offensive line and a big-bodied running back. For somebody to go out there and make the play, you had the ball up 14-10 with a chance to run out clock with three or four minutes left and instead take a loss on first down and start throwing, stop the clock, and do Ohio State a bunch of favors. They gutted this one out. While, yes, the questions about toughness compared to prior regime compared to their most heated rival in Michigan, I think were the impetus for all this, right? Lou Holtz was wrong place, wrong time. Octogenarians, I don't think in general have to hide from Ryan Day. I think this was the straw that broke the camel. <laughs> fact is he's probably heard it from his own fans because when you lose that game, we saw on the other side, when Jim Harbaugh was losing that game, it didn't matter how many of the rest you win or how you did it. If you don't beat that team, things are going to go badly for you and the fan base is going to start calling for your head. So I'm sure Ryan Day has been sick of hearing about that from every but the toughness really did shine through for his team and not in some of the questionable fourth down calls or decision making I look squarely at you're a reflection of your best players and Marvin Harrison Jr. is your best player and after he went down with that ankle injury in the middle of that game I was worried about him for the next couple of weeks we've all seen ankle injuries but that one got clipped and rolled up from behind in a way that looked devastating. And that man went in the blue tent, padded that thing and taped it up and came back out. Wasn't just a decoy. He was a target for them. And I think that's something you can point to if you're Ryan Day as a reflection of these are the leaders and people we're counting on in this team who found a way to grit out one of the best wins in college football on the road this weekend. He's Mike Golick Jr. He's co-host of uh, Golo uh, Gojo and Golick. My bad. Gojo and Golick on DraftKings Network. And uh, he was on the call with Colorado and Oregon. Alabama's uh, demise, maybe greatly exaggerated there. They picked up a win. Not not pretty, but then I don't, you know, we do give style points in college football, but what do you take away from Alabama winning this game? 
Yeah, I, well, and I think we're used to style points with Alabama, really, oddly enough, since the guy across the field coaching Ole Miss got to Tuscaloosa and Lane Kiffin back in the day. This had been a pace and space offense. They had taken what was the Big 12 moniker for so many years and applied it to the SEC West. They had had back-to-back-to-back Heisman candidates and Heisman winning quarterbacks, first round draft picks at that spot and wide receivers like Jalen Waddle and Devonta Smith that lit up scoreboards. And it's been anything but this year. It's been more reminiscent or at least I think morphing and trying to morph back into what is it one time Alabama's MO, the boa constrictor we talked about for years. I think they've got the personnel to live more like that. And I think now that they've settled on the quarterback situation, Jalen Milrow is going to be the guy. He should be the guy. I get why they had the flirtation and had to try the other two players, but I also get why Jalen Milrow is going to be the right choice. They've got to decide if they're going to be the offensive old that quite frankly fits more with what Tommy Reese, their offensive coordinator's identity was coming in to this season from his time at Notre Dame multiple tight ends, ground and pound, hand the ball off behind one of the biggest bodied offensive lines in college football and prosper that way, as opposed to trying and living to live and die with so many big plays, the way we saw them try and go blow for blow with Texas and Tuscaloosa a couple weeks back. Uh, I'll leave you with this. The NFL, the oddest result of the NFL so far this weekend was what? The oddest result so far. I would probably say it's got to be the Cardinals handing it to Dallas. And I get that the Dallas Cowboys walked into this game down Tyler Beatish and Zach Martin. They ended up holding Tyron Smith out with a hamstring injury also. So three starters down in an offensive line that I think had quietly rebuilt itself into one of the best in the NFL over the last number of seasons. But this Cardinals team, you could really say for them the entirety of the start of this season, they've been a tough out in first halves. They pushed around a New York Giants defensive front that's got some dudes on it last week too. And this week they were just able to finish the job. And as we had spent time rightly giving Mike McCarthy his flowers for what he's done with that offense, Dan Quinn and the defense looking like the best in the NFL. We heard Dak Prescott sort of blame the media after saying you guys had built us up, but I think rightly so with what they had on defense, that firepower with Micah Parsons and that crew up front. And Arizona, who we had penciled in for the Caleb Williams or Drake May sweepstakes, has so far pushed back. Josh Dobbs has been exactly what they've needed at that spot coming over in week one. So I think the Cardinals have been a wild ride so far this season and are going to continue to be a tough out for people. When you played at Notre Dame, how much of playing for Notre Dame is embracing that people are going to hate you? A lot of it. Like you, Duke you, basketball, you, you know, you know that they either tune in to watch you win or they tune in to watch you lose. Yeah. Oh, you embrace that right off the bat. I mean, listen, on the list of things that you can go and hang your hat on there, you're not in a conference, so you're not going out there with the goal of playing a conference championship every year. You know that makes you different. You know the goal being national championship, and that goal having eluded us for a long time makes you the target for a lot of things there. But, no, you learn pretty quickly on that you're one of those brand-name programs, and I think that's why you come there, though. You don't go to a place like that without recognizing, hey, there's a ton of good that can come from that. And look no further than Sam Hartman, what being – a top-notch quarterback for the first time in a while in South Bend is done. That guy's been a rock star so far this season, but people also step up and be the first to tear you down. It's been a little different, Dan, and I've been super uncomfortable with how nice people have been <laughs> since Marcus Freeman took over as the head coach. I kept feeling like I was getting punked, like people were going to jump out and tell me the joke was up finally, but it's still always going to be a polarizing spot because they're different, and, and different usually never goes over well. See Deion Sanders in Colorado right now. Good to talk to you, Mike. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dan. Appreciate uh, it. Mike Golick, Jr., part of Learfield College football's coverage.
And it's uh, Gojo and Golick on DraftKings Network, former Notre Dame offensive lineman. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Polly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. Of course, you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Polly and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now, the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. I mean, why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. When those those legends get here, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) You're here. You're here already. No, uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this. That's, day. Day. that's we the didn't problem. Realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my god! You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young were kids and, and so self-involved, egomaniacs, yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them, and, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how <gasps> lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Jason McCourty, NFL Network, good morning football analyst and uh, played in the NFL for 13 seasons, won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. What's the music here, Marvin? Is this more, more Usher? It is. Okay. I've got to get uh, up to speed on Usher. I, I know he's talented. I, he's not in my, uh, my repertoire. Okay. Yeah. Would you, how about give me five songs I need to listen to? Okay, we'll do. All and right. I think it's going to be five songs that will be played during this halftime okay. performance. All right, fair enough. Jason McCourty joins us. What was your reaction when you heard Usher was going to be the halftime show, Super Bowl? I'm, I'm excited. I'm an Usher fan, so uh, Usher's on my playlist. So I, I'm looking forward to, hopefully I can be in the building and we're going to the game. Did you ever sneak out to see the halftime performance when you played for the Patriots in a Super Bowl? 
I didn't. I only got a chance to play in one of them. That I had been to. That was my fifth one that was in attendance because uh, obviously my brother played. So I was so focused on the game, I didn't have time to, uh, to go ahead and sneak out for the halftime performance. Who was the halftime performance? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Paulie, do you have it? I, I think it was Maroon 5, Travis Scott. Oh. I think. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I literally have no idea. Belichick would never let you guys do that, right? Oh, he would. He would have told you to just stay out there, go find a seat, <laughs> your family, the stands, and enjoy the game from there. <laughs> I don't know what's the worst loss you ever suffered, because we're we're like the number. Here's Denver losing by fifty, and and how do you react yep. when you're in the locker room when you lose when you're totally embarrassed? Do you remember that game, the New England Patriots playing the Tennessee Titans? The Titans had on their old throwback Oilers game. It was in the snow in Foxborough. I think that one was 59-0. That was the worst loss I had. That was my rookie year. That oh, clip wow. continues to be played, but um, it's tough. Like it's, it's complete silence usually when you go in the locker room. Everybody's just looking at each other. I mean, you... And we lost, I feel like 50s is that kind of exception of a game when someone puts out that 70, I said today on our show, it was like a high school basketball score. 70 to 20, one team is way better than the other one. That's embarrassing. That's tough in the locker room after. Yeah, but your margin of defeat is worse than what the Broncos suffered there. No doubt about it, but it comes to a certain point where it's almost like a mercy rule where the offense no longer is trying to throw the ball. They're just handing it off. So for them to actually get 70, <laughs> the Dolphins had their backups in the game, and they were still making big plays late in the game. So that 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 was ugly to witness. What do you see that the Dolphins are doing that's differently than anybody else right now? I would say the play design. All the shifts and motions, the way Mike McDaniel puts Tyreek Hill in motion so you can't have a guy standing at the line of scrimmage being able to jam him up and then have somebody over the top that's been the big difference and then two is just healthy this year we looked at it his numbers through three weeks last year and his numbers through three three, three weeks this year are exactly the same completions yards the wow. whole night it's kind of incredible of what he's been able to do so i would say play design has been Amazing. It's a track team. They bring Devon A-Chain in with Molster and Tyreel. Jalen Waddle didn't even play in the game yesterday, <laughs> and they still scored 70 points. What is it like when there's fast? Like, fast guys know fast guys. Tyreek Hill is fast among fast guys. You can't simulate that, that in practice, it. right? That's a great way to say it. I remember the first time I went against him. And not only is he fast, He's quick, but then he has an amazing acceleration. So he starts fast. He's not a guy that needs to build. And to your point, it is just different. And when he comes out on the field and everybody in the secondary is yelling, 10's on the left, 10's on the right, he has that type of capability where you always have to know where he's aligned and where he can hurt you from. The first drive of the game, he scores a 54-yard touchdown. That You're like, all right, we're in for a treat today. And that's what it was, track team. I know we love to talk about the Cowboys win or lose, and now we have a different reason. It felt like they were reading their press clippings, like, yeah, we're great, defense great, Micah Parsons, maybe MVP, everything's going great, Mike McCarthy, and then you have the Cardinals. How do you explain, I know we got to give credit to the Cardinals, the Dallas had some, Dallas had some offensive linemen not in there, but you lose 28-16, how do you explain that? 
Uh, for them, you just were hoping you could just continue to play New York, New Jersey teams for the entire <laughs> season because through the first two weeks, Giants and Jets, it was 70 to 10, and it didn't look like they were going to be beat. And they just didn't look ready to play in a sense. They got in the red zone a bunch of times, couldn't convert. And defensively, I know they lost Siobhan Diggs this week, but at the same time, it wasn't the pass game that absolutely killed them. It was Arizona being able to run the ball. So sometimes maybe you need that humbling loss early in the season, but then you've got to ask yourself at this point with the Cowboys, are they really good or did they go against the Giants and Jets team who are kind of down in the dumps, one without Aaron Rodgers and the Giants have just struggled a little bit early on this season. So then you really just start to wonder where this team is. But also, let, let's stay with the Jets here for a moment. I take away Aaron Rodgers. Okay. But I mm-hmm. still have the nucleus there that people thought was going to be a, certainly a playoff contender, if not a Super Bowl contender. Unreal watching them Sunday offensively. Just, all right, you maybe can't find. So they checked the ball down, or it seemed like they threw the ball away on every single play. I mean, the fan was in the stands losing his teeth as he's yelling at Zach Wilson. You, it's hard to explain why it was that bad offensively. And I know the Patriots have a really good defense, but even to the point where, all right, if Garrett Wilson, if they they go one-on-one at any point in the game, the hell with the play, just chuck the ball up to him and see what he can do with it. They said, Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook. So it's hard to understand why it was still that bad because the Jets defense, I mean, they only gave up 15 points. You got to be able to do something. And I think that's the scary thing with Zach Wilson, second overall pick. And you were hoping, all right, he's been around greatness one of the best quarterbacks ever played his game for the last five six months something had to rub off and we're still searching to see what could have possibly rubbed off on him let's take away the cardinals and the cowboys result um worst loss with the colts beating the ravens in baltimore uh the texans beating the jags in jacksonville I'm going to go to Texans and Jackson beating Jacksonville. Jacksonville in that division, AFC South, you came in this year like, all right, Trevor Lawrence last year, they stormed back. They win that first playoff game. They go on a roll to Kansas City. They lose by seven. Just, all right, if he takes another step, we could be talking about him in an MVP type of season. And then what they can do in that division because you have rookie quarterbacks with the Colts and with the Texans kind of hitting reset. And then the Titans drafting levers, but Tannehill has struggled. And they just haven't looked all the way apart this year, one and two so far. I know they lost to the Chiefs who didn't play good ball. So I would say that was the game, I thought, for them, a division opponent setting the tone early Mm. on, and they weren't able to do it. All right, I'll leave you with this. Who has more wins at the end of the season? The Denver Broncos. Or the Colorado mm-hmm. Buffaloes? Oh, I'm going Colorado Buffaloes. <laughs> you give up seven. You give up seventy points. I'm not picking you for anything. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but you got the Bears against Denver coming up next week. Somebody's got to win that game. Yeah, that's gonna. That's gonna be a thriller. That's one we're all circling that we can't wait uh, to be a part of. Yeah, somebody does have to win that game. Um, I. Well, they the don't have to. They could, end a, about. they could end in a tie, but which will, that, that would, that would, anybody in sports media would just absolutely love that. That would be fitting. Between those two teams yeah. to be able to talk about that all week. Do you remember a Bill Belichick pregame speech where you're like, wow. <laughs> no, Bill, Bill, Bill wasn't. 
Bill wasn't giving you. I, I, I remember being a senior in college, and uh, Coach Shiano was my coach at Rutgers, and Bill and him were close. Steve uh, was a long snapper for us and eventually went on to coaching. And we're one in five, I think, at the time, and Bill comes in to speak to the team. His main message to us was, in a very monotone, you guys want to improve play better that's the key you just need to play better we walked away we won seven straight games after he talked to us and we played better but that was his message just play better thanks appreciate it coach and he has no emotion in his voice no zero the one good thing though it stays the same no matter win loss or whatever he'll be in meetings and he'll be getting after somebody he'll be the same boy I mean, th this is the effort we're giving. I, I mean, my grandmother could get down the field faster than you can on this. So it was almost like he'd be attacking you and you feel like a terrible football player, but you'd also be laughing because the voice in which he did it in, you kind of felt like it was endearing. So you'd be in the back of the meeting room laughing, but like, damn, Bill just killed my confidence going into the week. But Brady would yell. Brady would. Bra Brady would have some good ones uh, before the game. And I think it was because... I was old when I got to New England. I was in my 10th year, and Brady was 10 years older than me. So it was like when you see, like, your dad or your uncle, they get <laughs> fired up about something, and they show their passion. Like, that was Brady before the game, and you knew, like, he meant absolute business when he showed up on Sunday. So he was always fun to be around because you would make fun of Brady the same way you would any of your teammates, and he loved it. So now I tell people all the time, that was the coolest thing about him. He was just one of the guys. Great to talk to you, Jace. Uh, congrats on your success. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Anytime. Thanks for having me. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. So should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.